1: Ladies and gentlemen Yeah! Alright,
2: ready? What am I hearing?
0: I am back and better than ever Hey,
1: we're back I
2: right, listen for it In three Awesome Two This I love One
0: Pow!
3: Broadcasting from coast to coast and around the world mm. Welcome to the revolution with Jim and Trev mm. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV I
2: wish I had Kurt Wells' bow Da-da-da-da I wish I had Kurt Da, 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 da. Where can I find a bow like that? <laughs> Jimbo, where can I find a bow like that? Kurt Wells. Summer <laughs> explosion! That's, That's right. what we're talking about on this week's show, summer explosion. Robbing Kurt Wells' house. That's it. Taking his bow. Yes, this is the summer twenty-three.
4: Uh, It is underway. Fourth of July was last week. We got a great show, though. Of course, as we mentioned earlier, Kurt Wells is going to be our first guest. Yeah. And then we're going right into Cat
2: Daddy. Going right into Cat Daddy. That's a great transition. And then from him right into Bunny, there's another fantastic transition. Finally, going to wrap up this. Last but not least. Wrap up this sandwich <laughs> no with uh, mitch petrie no this is going to be a really fun show we're going to talk bear hunting we're going to talk catfishing uh we're going to talk woolly mammoth Walmart. hunting could be yeah could be if bunny could has her way if she has her way she will give birth to another woolly mammoth uh and then mitch petrie he's down there catching 10 pound bass in florida yeah Or he's aspiring
4: to. And going to the ICAST show this week. Going to the ICAST show.
2: It's like going to the Walmarts. Going to make a grilled cheese. All right, so let's get to... Kurt
4: Wells.
3: Kurt Wells and his bow. It's a summer explosion this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. All right, boys, let's do this. Now kicking off a two-parter with Kurt Wells, editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV, Tuesdays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at yamahamotorsports.com. This is part one.
4: Hey, we're talking summer explosion, as I mentioned earlier. And guess what? Our first guest knows his way around a bow. Kurt Wells! He is the man, Kurt Wells. Uh, He is the editor of Bowhunter
2: Magazine and the host of Bowhunter TV. You have to watch it Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel, or you can hop on My Outdoor TV and you can watch Endless Seasons Bowhunter TV. Mr. Kurt, how's it going, buddy?
5: Pretty good. How about
4: you? Good, good. Is it true, and this is either true or false, you taught... Fred Bear, everything he knows about bow hunting. Oh, yeah.
5: <laughs> uh, no, not quite. That might be a stretch there. Well, oh, that's what lies are. I'm old, you know. I still have a T-Rex tag in my pocket. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't.
2: uh, I didn't do
5: any uh, coaching of Fred Bear.
2: No, I'm going to tell you what. You travel all over the place, Mr. Kurt. Go to some fantastic destinations. But this spring, you spent quite a bit of time in Argentina, didn't you?
5: Yeah, yeah. That was my first time down in South America, and uh, it was a great trip.
2: Yeah, now you took an incredible buffalo. Is that a water
5: buffalo? Yeah, there's like 12 different species of water buffalo, and uh, the best I can tell, from my research, I was considered a Mediterranean Mm. water buffalo, and then Australia, they have a different species, and and there's a few different ones spread around the world, and these were, these are really big, they can range up to 2,200 pounds, so they're actually bigger than Cape buffalo in Africa, which run around 1,600 pounds. Yeah. Uh, They don't have the attitude, the bad attitude of a Cape buffalo, but, uh... They are huge.
4: Now, were they were they imported to Argentina from somewhere else?
5: Yeah, they were brought in from, uh, uh, they come from all over, over in India and some of the different countries over there, different species. And uh, same with Australia, they were imported at one time.
2: Little known fact, actually, Kurt Wells imported Argentina to Argentina. <laughs> and so he developed the country <laughs> himself. Now, at 2,200 pounds... You don't have to have too much of an attitude because that size, I mean, that's a dangerous animal. And what, you took him at 25 yards? Is that right?
5: Yeah, the the guide was actually kind of nervous because in October of 2022, which was just last fall, uh, a hunter from Mexico was down rifle hunting in Argentina and a buffalo charged and ended up killing the guy. No way. Um, yeah, he uh they shot it several times, but it still got to him and trampled him and basically crushed him. And so everybody down there was a little, you know, more leery about it. It's like black bears. You know, a lot of people get careless around black bears because they kind of have a comical look to them and. Mm-hmm. And the way they act, but uh, they can run up the tree and kill you in a flash if they really wanted to. So,
2: see, I gotta, I gotta teach you something, Mister Kurt. You started off saying, "Ah, they're not that dangerous," and then,
6: <laughs> and then you, so you know everybody's dead. You, you dude, you had
2: us hooked. We're like, we're going, and you are like, "Well, they killed the last guy." <laughs> yeah. Well, dang it, Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, illegal yeah, immigration yeah, stop.
5: There's, <laughs> there's always that one that <laughs> you can never predict. You know, even a deer will stomp you out if you're oh, yeah. in the right situation, you know.
2: Now, you were bow hunting, and, uh, I mean, you're the man. You've been in all sorts of very intense situations. Uh, was that a little, you know, heart stopping at 25 yards, knowing what had just happened this past October. I mean, you're an incredible shot. What Did that, like, uh, well, this is an intense moment. Did did that happen across your mind?
5: Well, it was a a little bit. I mean, I intended to stalk uh, a buffalo, but my guide and the outfitter were so nervous about it. They were carrying a rifle, (laughs) and I wanted to be able to get within 25 yards so I could pinpoint the shot because they're so thick. Yeah. You just do have to aim at the heart region because it's hard to get to the second lung on them. So we tried a couple of stocks and, and they were just so nervous. I said, well, I'll sit in the ground blind. So they put this little pop-up ground blind. And uh, you feel kind of safe when you got that 3-millimeter <laughs> piece of fabric between you and the animal. But oh, yeah. The, the weird thing was is that Buffalo came in, and he knew that ground blind wasn't there before. Mm. And he stared at us for, oh, geez, I'd say an hour or so before he finally came in. And even when he did come to the water, he just stared at that blind. I mean, he could have stomped it into nothing in Mm. short order. So there was a couple of times when he looked at me, it was was a little bit uh, unnerving, but... He finally turned and gave me a shot. So
4: yeah, well, you know, it's really interesting with animals. They they seem to know, and I don't know how they know that uh, that you're out there hunting him. And like he knew that something there was going to do him harm, and so he was being as cautious as possible. But he was thirsty, and so he came in, and next mm-hmm. thing you know, he's somebody's lunch.
5: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you talk to wildlife photographers that spend a lot of time in the wild, and. And they're out there trying to get close to animals, but they don't mean them any harm. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times they can do things that uh, hunters maybe can't quite get away with. And I don't know why that is. They always talk about how dogs know when you're scared of them and cows know when you're scared of them and horses. So I've often wondered if there isn't some kind of thing that they can kind of pick up. You know, when there's somebody that's getting ready to do them harm, you know.
4: You bet. Hey, we got to take a break, Kurt. Can you stick around? No problem. Okay. Hey, we're talking with Kurt Wells. He's the editor of Bowhunter Magazine and the host of Bowhunter TV. It's Tuesdays at 730 Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. And you can pick up previous seasons with the My
2: Outdoor TV app. This has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online. Check them out today yamahamotorsports.com Mr. Kurt, to learn more about you Bowhunter Magazine, Bowhunter TV, where can we find you online, big guy?
5: Uh, Bowhunter.com and then at Bowhunter on
6: Instagram.
4: More Kurt Wells right after this.
3: Attention Jim and Trav shoppers, JimandTrav.com currently has a 50% off sale on all coronavirus doomsday bug out bags. These bags are Alex Jones tested and are Rod Blagojevich approved. All coronavirus doomsday bug out bags at JimandTrav.com are made in America and nicely packaged in a Hello Kitty backpack. Thanks for shopping at JimandTrav.com where we're always keeping you safe and informed.
4: Last year, I went into it not 100% knowing what I was in for.
1: Laramie Sasquatch Miller is back on the trail.
4: I know what to expect, and I'm going in full force.
1: Battling the elements using every tool at his
4: disposal. Learning from the past and applying it to the future is what keeps us going. The Trail,
1: Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel.
3: the revolution with Jim and Travis back and a summer explosion now let's get back to Kurt Wells editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV Tuesday, 7.30pm Eastern on Outdoor Channel presented by Outdoor Channel Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network
4: and My Outdoor TV here's part 2 Hey, we are back. We're talking Summer Explosion on this week's show. And, uh, of course, before the break, we had Kurt Wells on. He is the editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV. And it airs uh, Tuesday nights at 730 Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Yeah, now you were talking during the break, Mr. Kurt, about the
2: technology that has come into the compound bow realm. It seems like the past 10 years we have made such tremendous advancements. But that technology is slowing down because there's only so much you can do outside of the realm of new optics, new rests. I mean, bows, how much further do you think they can take them? Or is it kind of peaked out before someone invents this entirely new bow, new cams, new everything? Are there any new advancements to be found?
5: Well, it has slowed down considerably. You know, years ago, every year, they'd come up with something new, like uh, string stops or parallel limbs were a huge advancement. And, uh, you know, even the center shot risers back uh, quite a while back, but uh, that, that has sort of slowed down now. and. Cam designs, you know, they've probably machined every kind of cam design you could possibly come up with. And uh, so so that is kind of slowing down and they've improved risers and now there's quite a few companies making carbon risers and that kind of thing. Uh, The only place that's really uh, there might be some room would be uh, limb materials. Mm-hmm. And they've been using the same limb materials for years, just different concoctions and layering with e glass and s glass and that kind of thing. but uh somebody needs to come up with uh, some a little bit better limb materials and I've always heard that uh if you could ever synthesize spider web material, you'd be the richest man in the world because uh, <laughs> strength the strength to weight ratio on spider web. Is just off the charts. And, uh, so coming up with limb materials would be about the only room I could see where there would need to be, uh, or where you could make some kind of improvement, but now you know there's improvements every year, but they're just getting uh, less significant and not quite as radical as what they were.
4: You know, one thing uh, that that I noticed when I first started shooting a bow, and and the first thing that came out back then was the overdraw system. That's really went by the wayside, hasn't it?
5: Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that nobody does that much anymore. Uh, there were some issues with that, and and the strange part was about the time everybody was going to overdraw and then that's when carbon arrows were coming out and they were really light and then all of a sudden people started creating these mechanical broadheads and they'd put these poorly designed mechanical broadheads on the end of these really light short carbon arrows And, uh, there were problems because, uh, they weren't getting the penetration and, uh, there was a lot of issues. And so mechanicals got kind of a bad rap at that time. And so did carbon arrows. Well, now carbon arrows are heavier and in some cases heavier than the aluminum arrows we used to use. And then the broadhead, mechanical broadhead designs have improved. And, uh, so now that's not an issue anymore. But, I mean, I used to shoot an 85-pound Cougar Magnum back in 83, 84, and a 60-pound bow now will shoot faster than that bow did, ever did. So, yeah, I mean, there's lots of other equipment. I, I guess the hot product these days is saddle hunting. Oh, yeah. Um, everybody's uh, getting into the saddle thing where you can hunt any tree, and there's a lot of advantages to that. I might be past my age group. But uh, I I prefer a nice seat to sit on and that kind of thing. But I could see if I was a younger man, I'd be a saddle hunter. There's no question about that.
2: Well, I think a lot of, you know, DIY packing it in, saddle hunting, I mean, kind of revolutionized it. It gives you that tree stand effect, but without all the equipment, it's really easy. Um, And who was it? Christian Berg was on that Awesome Hunt in Montana and used uh, a tree saddle for the first time. I think it's really nice. I'm just super uncoordinated, and it looks like you're wearing a diaper up in a tree. You know, I mean it's yeah. <laughs> it's it's really it's neat the advantage it gives you, though.
5: Yeah, and when you hear hear saddle hunters talk about their gear and the stuff they use, it can be sort of intimidating because they have all these. Bridges and ham steel and all this different kind of thing, little things that they need to make it work and one sticking and all this. But it's like anything else. Once you start working on it and doing it, uh, you find out the mystery goes away and, and just the ability to be able to hike into an area, mm-hmm. whether it's public land or private or whatever, and you can hunt where the deer are instead of where the good trees are. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the huge advantages. And if you're really into it, you don't need to own a tree stand. You can just have, use your saddle for all types of, uh, you know, all your whitetail hunting and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of advantages to it. There's no doubt.
2: Yeah. So coming up, Bowhunter Magazine, also Bowhunter uh, TV again, Tuesday, 730 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Kind of give us a preview of what's coming up in the magazine, what's coming up on the TV show, man. What's happening?
5: Well, uh, we're just about to start airing our 19th season on our wow. TV. So now we're hunting for our 20th season, or will be this fall. But, uh, yeah, it's going to start off here this week, I believe, and uh, bear hunt up in far north Saskatchewan, and then... Uh, Kansas Deer Hunt and a couple greenland shows and then we got a show about uh, elk learning about uh different things about elk once in a while we try to get a little instructional uh we have our we have our segments you know with moment of Truth and then Dead on with Randy Elmer is real popular mm-hmm. and uh and then we're gonna also talk a little bit about elk and shot placement and that kind of thing. So, we kind of try to uh, be the uh, show that goes on different adventures and uh, also uh, try to teach you something to help make you a better ball hunter.
4: Now, uh, you have one place to hunt the rest of your life. Where is it? Kansas. Um,
5: <laughs> somewhere in the high country.
6: <laughs> yeah.
5: Somewhere for elk. I mean, uh, people ask me all the time what my favorite is, and... It's elk. They're above, they're up here and everything else is down lower.
2: Would you rather chase elk in Colorado or someplace like Montana or Idaho?
5: Well, Arizona would probably be my first choice. Really? And okay. Then, uh, yeah. But I, I learned in Montana, I hunted there 11 straight years when I was first learning how to hunt elk. and Hunted in the crazy mountains on the central part of the state, and, and that's where I kind of learned about elk and then started traveling all over and now this fall i'm gonna go hunt roosevelt elk with Larry d jones out in oregon so that's gonna be an adventure
2: that's kind of crazy i didn't know montana existed before yellowstone was created <laughs> you know <I> like, <laughs> wow <laughs> my goodness all right so to learn more about you bow hunter magazine bow hunter tv again outdoor channel uh tuesday 7 30 p.m eastern time where can we find you online, sir?
5: Um, Bowhunter.com is our website, and then at Bowhunter on Instagram, and then Facebook, same thing. And um, and then uh, this August, uh, 1st of August, uh, I got a new deal starting. They're calling it Bowhunter TV Channel. And for those of you mm. who want to go check out uh, MOTV, you can go there and sign up for uh, a free month of Bowhunter TV. Wow. Of the Bull Hunter TV channel, and you'll get all the shows that uh, last hundred different episodes that we've aired. And that would be free to anybody that wants to give it a
2: try. Well, hopefully you saved up all your sick days. I would just take them August 1st (laughs) and just sit there and use them up until I run through every single season and episode of Bowhunter TV.
4: That's it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you got to do. Yeah. All right. So we got to get to a break. Jimbo, who we have coming up next? Hey, coming up next, we've got the original
2: Cat Daddy. Exactly. As we talk, Summer Explosion. Mr. Kurt, you are the man. You're a legend. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming on, buddy.
5: Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
3: We're Dark Meat Heroes, Gobble Gangsters. We're the revolution with Jim and
1: Trev. Ignite your sense of adventure and feel the engine roar. Get set,
2: go. This is five teams challenging themselves in an epic adventure competition. You'll be judged on your abilities to traverse challenging
7: terrain. I
3: love four-wheeling. I love camping. Might as well get out there and do
7: something a little out of the
3: ordinary.
1: Overlanders, saddle up. It's time to ride. Go. Stop
0: stop, 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 stop. Oh, my God.
1: Overlanders, Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Outdoor Channel.
0: High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com.
3: Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trev. Now, here's our catfishing guru, the proprietor of the beanhole, and a man with over 250 pairs of overalls, Cat Daddy. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at yamahamotorsports.com. Here are the boys. Hey, we are back.
4: We are talking Summer Explosion on this week's show. And before the break, we had Kurt Wells on. Yeah, we did. he a
2: great guy? He is a great guy. He uh, hunts for catfish all the time with Cat Daddy. We are going to Topeka, Kansas with our uh, catfishing expert or catfishing guru. Cat Daddy, how's it going, buddy?
8: Well, i tell you what, boys. It's going really good. I think I left a few fish out to Banner Creek. I'm not quite for sure, but uh, there ought to be a couple left out there.
2: Was it a moment of
8: weakness? Or what was it? (laughs) Well, i tell you what. uh, um, My daughter went somewhere here a while back, about six months ago, and brought back a whole bunch of uh, oysters. Oh, oysters. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oysters on the hash sale, except we were having oysters on the hook. Oh,
2: oh, (laughs) really? Was it pretty good bait?
8: Man, them catfish love them. Oh really? Man. Did you serve it with yeah, cocktails? Yeah, they love them, man. I put two on a hook. Uh, it was just unbelievable, Un- unbelievable. I've never used oysters before.
2: That's Wait, one thing, you know. A lot of people always downplay like the prestigiousness of catfish, but they're really fancy fish. Can you say prestigiousness <laughs> they, and when, catfish in the same sentence? When they swim, they put their pinky up. They do, <laughs> don't they, cat daddy? <laughs> Yeah, it's that right fin. (laughs) It's always the right fin. (laughs) All right, so uh, oysters,
6: really?
8: Man, uh, small, large, extra large fish. I mean, we was catching some hogs, man. 18 pounds was the biggest. Wow, Wow. really? Smallest is about 17 inches. Man, uh, it it was unbelievable.
4: Well, you know, the thing is, oysters, I mean, that's a pretty tough muscle. It must have stayed on the hook a long time.
8: Oh, yeah, it, it, it stayed on there all right. Until them big old cats hit it, Mm. they wasn't messing around either, boy. I mean, they get a little taste of that and they wham it.
2: Now, cost comparison. (laughs) I just, I kind of flies (laughs) them in. He flies them in fresh every day. (laughs) Now, is it was it cost effective or since she bought it, Dad really doesn't know.
8: Well, uh, the daughter bought them for me Mm -hmm. because I like oysters, see, but I never did uh, get around to getting them fed or or, or ate up and. uh, it t- turned around, I thought, oh, what the hell! I'll just go ahead and try a couple on the hook. Uh, I tell you what, that's all we was using there for about two and a half hours until oh, I ran out of oysters. Oh,
4: now you know that really surprises me about you, Cat Daddy. I didn't know that you liked raw oysters.
8: Oh man, love them, love them on the half shell. Oh yeah, with a little bit of Tabasco sauce. Ooh, <laughs> you can
4: get hurt eating those.
8: <laughs> yeah yeah the next day <laughs> i
2: thought he's gonna say he like breads them and rolls them up in a catfish filet and deep fries it <laughs> <laughs> well, or a pull boy that'd be pretty good yeah well is that the first time you ever used oysters like that for catfish?
8: Yeah, you ain't kidding man and, and uh, y- you know i thought well, well we'll just try one on the hook that baby wasn't out there i, I swear to you 15 seconds man As soon as it hit the bottom I don't know. They must have smelt that right off the bat, boy. Because mm. they, they just whacked it. And after that, man, I was putting oysters on left and right. And it didn't matter where you had them on a treble hook or a single hook. It just didn't matter.
4: Yeah. Now, could you go to the local Dylan store and buy smoked oysters and have the same effect?
8: Mm, that sounds too good for the catfish. <laughs>
4: yeah, cat daddy to eat them on the way home.
2: Smoked
8: oysters. <laughs> I tell you what, now, you couldn't use the ones in the can. You'd have to use them raw because... The ones in the can, they just break up.
6: Yeah. Oh. But, uh,
8: raw oysters, man. You, oh, I mean, that's kind of expensive bait to use for the catfish, but, uh, you know. Nothing's too good uh, for
4: catfish. Yeah.
8: Just like old Mark Twain said, you know, a catfish is a good enough fish for anybody.
4: Wise word. Now, now question for you. You know, yeah. in the northern climes, you know, I was raised in Michigan, and we had freshwater water. Uh, clams. No, you didn't. anyway, must us had oysters. Go on with your but story. my story. <laughs> Anyhow, could you in fact use freshwater oy- uh, clams?
8: Well, I bet you could. Cause you know, there's certain times on these lakes that these, I don't know if they're clams or what the hell they are, <laughs> but they're in a shale kind of, and they're all different sizes. Now I pop them open and use them. Uh, I don't know the correct name for them. I'm kind of scared to tell you the correct name because I don't think you're supposed to be able to pop them open to use them for bait. <laughs> but, uh, uh, according to the game warden, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, they're. Damn good
2: bait. Yeah, do they rhyme with an animal often found in Africa? (laughs) Uh, Blue cat. Blue cats love them. Uh, Okay, it wouldn't be zebra mussels. (laughs) (laughs) They're a little small. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Um, What do you think, Cat Daddy? Over all the years you've been doing this, if you can pinpoint, nail down, like one of the best baits, whether it's odd, typical. Anything stinky. What is one of the best baits? Do you think, in your opinion, you've ever
4: used?
8: Well, you know, all the baits out there, and all the times I've been fishing, if you have high water, fast high water that just come in off a heavy storm, you cannot beat the good old Kansas Nightcrawler. Really? Oh man, it's just—it's just so so natural of a bait for them catfish. Man, when the water's up like that and running, if you can catch it when they first come in like that, the high water, fast and heavy rain, the, you clean them fish and their bellies are just packed clear full of night crawlers and worms. Mm. Wow. Now it's, it's just the best natural bait I've ever used.
4: Yeah, now, I was out mowing the lawn this past weekend, and uh, I started going through some taller grass, and all of a sudden these little tiny, and I'm talking about maybe a half-inch long grasshoppers, must be oh, just hatched yeah. or something, but they were pretty small. I mean, you could use it for trout, which then you could use a trout, you would, for mm-hmm. bait. Yeah. I would eat them. But uh, nevertheless, uh, is this a prime time to try to, to get, you know, you talk about putting on uh, pantyhose and running through a field. <laughs> Wasn't you told me that, Jim? Uh, it, the real story, he was wearing them
2: and was being chased. Okay, <laughs> Jim, don't downplay this story.
8: Um, hey, I'll tell you what, guys. You know, if you go out there and find you some old good old two-inch, three-inch long grasshoppers, little tobacco chewers, you know, when you put them on the hook, it just spits baggy on you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, those are hard to beat, too, because they whack them hard. Yeah, I told you guys about the story uh, of having the June bugs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, they're crunchy. They're crunchy. Them catfish love them June bugs. Ooh. All right, so, Cat Daddy, if
2: we want to get out with you and have some of these amazing oysters for bait and catch these giant 18-pound catfish, do you have anything available?
8: Yeah, I sure do. uh, And the best place you can get a hold of me is www.catfish.com. CatDaddyGuideServices.com
4: Yeah, and if you got any oysters you'd like to send Cat Daddy, yep. just uh, send him an email at CatDaddy underscore one at MSN.com and he'll take them. That's right, and this has been brought to you by Yamaha's
2: proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Their outboards run on oysters. Uh, check them out at <laughs> <Yamaha laughs> com. You actually grind them up. It's great. Uh, coming up next, we got Mrs. Bunny. First time in a long time. That's right. Uh, Cat Daddy's better half. Cat Daddy, God bless you. We love you, buddy. Tell yeah, Bunny I've
6: <laughs>
2: we'll do more than that. <laughs> but here I am on a muddy creek bank with a fishing pole in my
9: hand. Cold as a frog and hungry as a bear, and my feet buried in the sand.
3: We eat our venison rare and hardly bathe. Ew! We're the smelly, the bearded, the revolution with Jim and Trav.
1: This is my Wild Fish Masterclass. This looks fantastic. One recipe from start to finish. Mike Robinson gives you a crash course in making masterpieces from your catch. And this fish has not been gutted. It's frozen with its guts in. Oh, it's going to be delicious. Great food is often about theater of the dish you've cooked to perfection. Learn from the master. Oh, my God, this is amazing. On an all-new Wild Fish Masterclass, Monday nights at 7 on Outdoor Channel.
3: Are you wondering what to do with your leftover game meat? Turn it into delicious snacks. At High Mountain Seasonings, we have 25 jerky making kits, 14 snack and stick kits, and 20 sausage making kits. That means we have something for everybody. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Thanks for tuning in to The Revolution with Jim and Trav and a Summer Explosion. Ready? Here we go. Now, please welcome the one and only Mrs. Bunny, brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at
4: HIMTNJerky.com. Here are the boys. Hey, we're back. We're talking Summer Explosion on this week's show. Before the break, old Cat Daddy had an interesting uh, bait. Yeah. Well, oysters, Raw oysters. Raw oysters. But right now, you know she's bunny. She's
2: back. She's jumping. Hell yeah. That's oh, my bunny. God. You like that, Bunny? That
0: was a hell of an introduction. I love that.
2: Thank you. Mrs. Bunny is on the show. And I yep. just want to know where do we have to go? By the way, we are talking summer explosion. Uh, hunting the woolly mammoth. I know Jimbo has put in, he was drawn this year. Yeah. Yes, I was. Um, but I think they're coming off the D extinction list, aren't kind
0: they? I know, right? I mean, like, to think. Maybe you could be having a woolly mammoth hang over your stove again someday. I don't know. I'm thinking
2: totally revamp uh, Thanksgiving.
0: I know, right? Yeah. I think you're
6: right.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Scientists are working on cloning woolly mammoths, and they're hoping to have a 2027, quote-unquote, de-extinction of the species. They're apparently editing genes for what they call reincarnation, which I thought was just, like, some sort of uh, like religious thing, but apparently not, no. The woolly mammoth has a 99.6% DNA match with Asian elephants, so I guess that other 0.4% makes it the cold-hardy part (laughs) that lives in the Arctic, I don't know. And through gene editing, they're going to create an embryo of a woolly mammoth, they're going to take that embryo, put it in an African elephant because of its size, and hopefully it will give birth to this new woolly mammoth. And then the eventual goal is to keep doing that to repopulate parts of the Arctic with the woolly mammoth. And they think that'll strengthen the local plant life and migration patterns and dietary habits. And and they think that that's probably going to also help global warming and things. I don't know. I mean, it's a um, a hell of a long term plan But possibly Wooly mammoths Coming back I mean mark your calendars 2027 Stranger things have happened Right
2: Wasn't there something though Like they plan on doing this With the Tasmanian tiger As well
0: Yeah So if if it works, apparently they're, the next animal they're going to quote unquote de extinct is the Tasmanian tiger, which is actually a dog sized marsupial. It was um, in, the, in Australia until like the early 1930s. And so, like, that's the next one that they're going to be working on. You know, this may all be like some sort of fairy tale science, but I will say I've seen a lot of horse cloning stuff that I didn't even think was possible. And they do do it. So, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, maybe the woolly mammoth is in our future once again. And if that's the case, Jim Shockey, he's like, on the forefront of this since he's got the, all the skeletons and all this stuff. Maybe they'll be calling on him for his expertise.
4: Well, the neat part about the uh, Tasmanian tiger is the fact that uh, uh, you can make purses out of it because you've already got the bag. I don't get it. It's a marsupial. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> Oh. I was
0: struggling there, too. <laughs> yeah.
2: Wow. That's cool, though. I stayed yes. up all night thinking about it. I that. hope it's kind of like, uh, now. Nah, I've never watched Jurassic Park, but I heard, don't they like they, they make dinosaurs in the movie? And then, I don't then know. they get. The I've zone. never seen it either. And then they kill a whole bunch of people. I hope that happens. Yeah. And it kills all the scientists. And then Elon Musk puts them in a rocket, sends them to Mars. They, and they just they think them like in crazy. a ship
0: trying to find Titanic. You know, I mean, all sorts of stuff.
2: See, I think you know this whole cloning. It, first of all, it's really weird. It's kind of it scary and to think what they could do with it. It is. Last night, Bunny and I were out for a walk, and it was like midnight, and we witnessed nature at its finest. There's. <laughs> Two frogs humping on the dam. <laughs> and, they, and, and I love it. My wife stops to take a video.
0: <laughs> you gotta show it to the kids. I told them this is the original leapfrog. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: Tag, you're it, buddy. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about out of the ordinary summer hunts. I mean, if okay. you want to walk around and look for frogs humping, you could do that.
6: You
0: can. Okay. There's not a lot to hunt in the summertime. Uh, the I think the earliest seasons out there are going to be Florida deer hunting, but outside. Side of that, you have to look for other things. We're talking coyotes, we're talking hogs, things like that. However, python hunting in Florida, kind of out of the ordinary, Uh, you can hunt pythons legally 365 days a year um, on private land and on 25 Florida Fish and Wildlife uh, Conservation Commission areas without a permit or hunting license. Oh, wow, Really? On top of that, you can also compete in the state-sponsored Python Challenge, which is coming up, and they offer cash prizes to participants. So this competition begins August 4th and ends the 13th. So it's basically a 10-day challenge for anybody you have about a month to get your butt down to Florida and figure out what you're going to do. Grand prize is $10,000. Holy smokes, really? We had
4: somebody on that was talking about hunting iguana down there.
0: Yeah. A lot of people, yeah runner-up is $7,500, so there's a lot of wow. money in it. So, uh, recently a Florida snake hunter that goes by the name Python Cowboy, um, <laughs> he was snake hunting with his dog, Otto, and he found a 16-foot Burmese python in the Everglades. 16 cut, foot? 16 foot. He cut it open and took 60 live eggs out of this, which is a wow. win for the Florida ecosystem because this, doesn't stu- this stuff doesn't go back in, you know? So, they uh, really, really want to have a lot of these things managed as much as possible because they are very much invasive. In addition to hogs and pythons, Florida also has, to your point, iguanas. And now they also have, apparently, African land snails, which Ooh. are fist-sized. fist, fist size, Put your hand in a fist. Fist-sized snails that are apparently one of the most damaging in the world. So Florida has a really strange thing going on with all these invasive species. So I think anybody could go down to Florida and have a great time and find a bunch of stuff to hunt. You could hunt deer there at the end of July. You can hunt Hogs, anytime pythons, anytime iguanas, anytime, and apparently, you might be able to pick up a few fist sized snails. And if you love escargot, then you're in business.
2: What'd you say the guy's name was? The Python Cowboy? The Python Cowboy, wow, well, that's you're a just handle. jealous you didn't think of that one first. Kind of sounds like a male stripper, <laughs> yeah, right? You know, by day, he hunts python, at night, he shows it, <laughs> <laughs> or he is it. Ah, oh, that's kind of crazy, man. You could win some, uh, you know, I don't Serious think cash. a lot of people have probably hunted. Hunted python in their life. No, Maybe I don't think they so. Have. I don't uh, think so. But if you could go down to Florida, beautiful place to visit, and you could win ten grand, that's kind of that's a win win.
0: I it? know, right? Yeah. I don't know.
2: Watch snakes on a plane while you're traveling.
0: I I'm going to be that unfortunate one that ends up being uh, the snake meal instead of like the snake Victor. You know what I mean? And it's like it's going to be one of those stories. Python eats woman. You know what I mean? It's like. You only see that stuff in India, but nope, that's happening. So I won't be the one doing it. I will congratulate the person who gets the 10 grand, but it won't be me.
2: Python eats bunny. Okay.
0: Exactly. exactly. You're
2: already natural food. All yeah. right, so gives a whole new meaning to snake and eggs, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Rabid wildlife. What's that about?
0: Okay, so youth campers at a wilderness school in Connecticut... Learned all about the dangers of wildlife firsthand because their counselor, their camp counselor in the morning, was sleeping in a hammock and it was attacked by a rabid bobcat. Oh, really? The counselor and two other adults um, physically fought off the bobcat and killed it. It was not divulged what method they used to kill it. They all got hurt, and I would imagine they are all receiving treatment um, when they later found out it tested positive for rabies. Mm. So, uh, long story short, um, being on the lookout for... Um, animals that are not acting, wild animals that are not acting right. I don't know how many skunks, badgers, and other um, raccoons and things like that that we've had over the course of, you know, the last 20 years around here that have come up yeah. uh, foaming at the mouth and everything else. It's a lesson in, in being uh, wildlife aware and knowing what you should not shouldn't be messing with and also how to handle yourself if you find yourself in um, sharing company with a rabid animal. You
2: know right? what I love? I was was gone. I don't remember where I was, and yes. Bunny calls me up and says, There's this badger in the front yard and it's foaming and acting really weird.
6: Yeah, and so it I was. was
2: like, Well, just stay away from it or shoot it. And so Bunny goes out, she shoots it yeah. and makes a great shot. The best part of the story, though, old Captain America Jimbo here. <laughs> Picks up the rabid dead badger and puts it in the back seat of his truck.
0: He took <laughs> and dumped it for me. You did. You put it. In, I don't know why. You, you remember
6: you, that, Jim? You, no.
0: Yeah. He you did. did. Put it. In the I bed. shot you, it. I shot it underneath a lilac in the front yard, and and I have little kids at home, and Jim's like, "I'll take care of it for you." <laughs> and You put it. In don't and worry, he it old lady. You dumped it. <laughs> <laughs> you put it in it your back seat. I remember
2: the kids. That's one of their fondest stories they tell all the time. Oh well. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you got to do it. you I gotta gotta do. be a part of
2: it. What Grandpa it? to the rescue, I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, Miss Bunny, is that it? That's it, guys. The weird wildlife news of this week, I guess. All right. So, this has been brought to you by High Mount Seasonings. Put it on your Python. Visit them at <laughs> HIMTNJerky.com. Jimbo, who we got coming up next?
4: Hey, coming up next, we've got Mitch Petrie. He's the vice president of programming at... Outdoor Channel. Our roving field reporter. I think he's actually down in Florida right now. Yeah, at ICAS, which is the
2: uh, fishing show. Yeah. All right, so he is coming up next. Mrs. Bunny, we love you, girl. Love
0: you to you guys. Talk to you later.
3: Listen, learn, hunt. You're locked on to the revolution with Jim and Trav. He's
1: a sea-to-table legend. That is delicious. Join Tommy Gomes on a tasty culinary voyage.
9: Holy mackerel. Did I just say that? We're exploring where your quality American seafood comes from.
2: Our reputation is built on fresh quality products.
9: We're going to talk fish, fishing, and everything in between.
1: Take a deep dive into America's commercial fishing culture. The Fishmonger, all new, Mondays at 9.30 p.m on Outdoor Channel. Sprinkle the best of western flavors
3: by ordering from High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com Welcome back to the Revolution with Jim and Trav and a Summer Explosion. Now, please welcome Mr. Mitch Petrie, Vice President of Programming for Outdoor Sportsman Group. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My
4: Outdoor TV. Here are the boys. Hey, we are back. We're talking summer explosion on this week's show, but our next guest, man, he knows everything about fishing. That's right, Jimbo. How hot is it? It's damn hot. It's
2: damn hot.
4: And our roving field
2: reporter, Mitch Petrie. You salute when you say that. He's also with uh, uh, Outdoor Sports Group. He's our vice president <laughs> of programming. <laughs> roving field reporter. We know him. Better, has though. so much more clout. He is down in Florida right now. He's going out with the uh, uh, the bass guy. What is his name? Roy Bass. Roy Bass. That's his real name. Roy Boy Bass is his real name?
7: Yeah, for sure. So he's a bass fishing guide out of Blue Cypress Lake, about an hour south of Orlando, and I'm here with the Outdoor Sportsman Group programming team. We are doing a little team-building exercise. going to fish tonight, and... Uh, Maybe play a little golf tomorrow as we ease into ICAST, which is the fishing industry's annual get-together here in Orlando. It
2: is like the best of the best, and you guys are down there at ICAST to showcase it. What are you looking forward to most? Uh, there at ICAST. Do you have anything on your radar?
7: We have a couple of really fun things going on. First of all, it's not all fun. We have a lot of business meetings, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm telling you that in case my wife is listening. Lots of business <laughs> meetings. But we actually have an event at our booth at the trade show with uh, Bill Dance, fishing legend Bill Dance,
6: uh-huh.
7: uh, celebrating over 50 years. It's actually 50 Five years in the television business, if you can believe that. I think he'll probably go for another fifty or so, and uh, and then on, on Thursday night we have a little shindig uh, at a at a, a local uh, venue, and we have the music group, country music group, Low Cash, oh. playing for us. So it's kind of a big deal. We bring in you know three to four hundred of our best customers and and uh, you know and, and celebrate a little bit. I do have a funny uh, ICAF story. I remember now. Uh, you know, I was stargazing in my first few years so i'm sitting with roland martin and jimmy houston happened to be at our table he was just sitting there and then hank parker sits down so i'm looking around and i was like okay guys i say i don't want to be too germy here but do you mind if i take a picture bill dance walks by and um, jimmy houston says hey bill get over here so bill comes and stands behind me i'm gonna to have to find this picture for you um, so my good friend fishing hall of famer steve panaz Takes a picture of me and those four guys. Like, how's that for a, for oh, a flex? Wow. Having a Hall of Famer take a picture of me and four
4: legends. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. To get all those guys in one group. Did you feel like the odd man yeah. out? <laughs>
7: Absolutely. I was a little guy, a little bald guy in
2: the middle. <laughs> you guys should start a band when you're down there. I'm thinking like George Godz could be the drummer. You know, you got to yeah. have Carter Andrews because he's kind of like Sammy Hagar. He can be lead vocals and guitar. You know, he has a story. <laughs> right. Past. Mark Zona can play well, the harmonica and you can be bass. That's funny. Uh, and I'd forgotten about
7: Unfathom with George Goss, which is a great show. Yeah. Saltwater Show and Outdoor Channel. But, um, yeah, it's funny you had mentioned starting a band because as a joke, uh, me and some buddies, we were up north, you know, where we live. We're talking about a uh, band and we call it, called ourselves the northern pikes <laughs> <laughs>
6: because
7: the other guy the other idea was uh mitch and the husky jerks
2: <laughs> <laughs> or the fat wraps <laughs> their hit single slot limit <laughs> yeah. oh my no God. limit <laughs> <laughs> no limits all right so how long are you going to be down there for
7: we're here all week the show runs through friday and uh yeah we'll be um heading back home uh, Friday evening.
2: Oh, man, and people are going to be able to hop on socials and check all the stuff. Are you guys going to do some live stuff as well?
7: Yeah, I'm sure there'll be live reporting. I think anyone who's a fishing fan is going to be able to to see it, uh, you know, during and even after the show, all that content should be there. So uh, a lot of great fishing reports, and I think if you follow the fishing news, you'll know that it's happening because I know – Garmin has just launched, for example, a new trolling motor, uh, got a chance to fish with that. It's pretty exciting to see their entry into that and how that integrates with all of their electronics. But really all the big manufacturers for electronics and that will launch new product at ICAF. So uh, fun to see the fishing innovation. I, I don't know if there's anything else. That has changed fishing more than electronics.
4: You bet. Hey, Mitch, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Mitch Petrie. He's the Vice President of Programming for Outdoors Sportsman's Group. And uh, he's down in Florida right now having a great time. Wish we were there. He is our roving field reporter. He's on his like
2: uh, third Corona. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Mister Mitch, to learn more about you and your crazy adventures, buddy, where can we find you online? Uh, Instagram at Mitch Petrie
7: official, and then Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing
2: Network. You, this time you got to snap a picture with Bill Dance and Low Cash. All right, I'll try. I think Bill might be in bed by the time we're <laughs> hanging out with Low Cash. <laughs> All right, we gotta go. God bless we love you so much, buddy. Right. Thanks, guys. I love a small town world. I love a country
3: girl. I love a Friday night. Man, love we own more fishing lures than Bass Pro Shops. We worship Bill Dance and once touched Hank Parker's mustache. Security to the sporting goods section. We are the revolution with Jim and Trav. reimagine every adventure every terrain every incredible memory the yamaha wolverine family of side-by-side vehicles help you reimagine off-road capability comfort and confidence available right now at your local yamaha dealer with the Wolverine R Max 21000 and R Max 41000, recreation meets sport and maximum power meets maximum comfort and versatility. And with the Wolverine X2 and X4850, extreme terrain meets its match. Find your Yamaha Wolverine at your local Yamaha dealer or at YamahaMotorsports.com. That's YamahaMotorsports.com.
0: Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specifications subject to change.
9: I'm Al Simon, 91 years young. I created Balance 7 20 years ago. At 67, I went to see the doctor for the first time in my life and found that I had medical problems. He told me that was normal for my age. I don't believe God intended us to be sick and old. I decided to find something to bring my health back. For 10 years, I studied pH and how important it is to the human system. Balance 7 gave me back what I lost by getting older. I no longer get out of bed with a joint discomfort. Balance 7 can do for you what it has done for me and many others. In three days time, you'll feel more energy, less joint discomfort and clarity of thinking. No doctor or hospital can do what Balance 7 can do for you. Balance 7 is the key to unlocking the healthy immune system. Bring your body back to balance. Order now, receive free shipping with the code word L. Go to balance7.com, that's balance7.com. Order now and get your free shipping and a free gift with your order. Go to balance7.com, use the code word L.
4: Great show, everyone. We just gotta get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh no, this sounds serious and real.
9: This
3: concludes The Revolution with Jim and Trav this week.
4: What the hell are you still doing here?
3: Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at jimandtrav.com.
4: Hey, what a great show this week as we talk summer explosion. I got to tell you, I'm so excited about this summer. I'm going to do a whole lot more fishing than I did last year. All right, so big shout out and thank you to Kurt Wells, Cat Daddy, Mrs. Bunny, and Mitch Petrie. All right, so Jimbo, who we got coming up next week? Next week, you're not going to believe this, but one of my favorite guys is Chris Dorsey. It's deceiving how tall he is. The guy is really tall. Is he tall? Yeah, he's like eight 8'9". Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, Anyways, yeah, so he's coming up next week along with Cat Daddy. Thank you so much for listening. Get outdoors this weekend, right, Chippo? It's a good deal. And hammer home firearm safety. It is imperative, boys and girls. All right, so God bless you and the United States of America. We love you so much. Peace out.